Welcome to the Attractions Group Podcast, episode number 74, alongside Ryan Sir. I'm Don Helbig, and this is the last episode prior to Christmas. Ryan, you ready for the holiday season? I am. I've actually, uh, I've never been more in the Christmas mood. Um, so if you want to give yourself the best possible Christmas gift, then make sure that you follow us on all your favorite podcast apps, Apple, Google, Spotify, follow us on X slash Twitter. Let's just call it X from now on at attractions underscore GRP and make sure you smash that subscribe button on YouTube because we do a YouTube version as well. Shocker, shocker. Don, what are your plans for Christmas? Well, you know, pretty much going to stay home for, you know, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, but, uh, you know, going to go down and visit some family uh, deep in the hills of Kentucky uh, prior to this weekend. And, you know, it's going to be kind of quiet, uh, you know, with my daughter now married and, you know, not living at home. Uh, so it's going to be a little bit different for us. Uh, the routine, we used to get up early and watch her open her gifts and all that kind of thing. So now we, you know, in the afternoon, we'll go over to her house and that. But uh, a little bit different there. But, uh, you know, the big thing for me is going to be watching the Bengals and Steelers game on December 23rd. Yeah, the Bengals played on Saturday last week. Why did they play on Saturday? I know I meant to ask you this before the show started, but I think everybody deserves to know. Why did they play on a random Saturday? Well, the NFL, what they do. The game was originally scheduled for the Sunday, December 17th. But as it gets later in the year, college football has kind of ended, you know, with the the big games and that they're on the bowl season now. So there are openings on the other networks to put some NFL games there. So what they do is they pick some a couple of random games, three games and move them over to the Saturday in order to, you know, as playoff, uh, you know, those races are heating up and that uh, it allows the country to watch more games. I think that's uh, pretty cool. It's a really good idea because I know that uh, fortunately, you know, being primarily a college football fan, um, it's uh, it's difficult to choose between two games, which is a very first world problem, if you ask me. But also, it's hard to not watch the Bengals like I um, I've only missed a couple games at this one. Uh, we'll get to this, but I was out of town all weekend, uh, but uh, did not get to catch the game. Great game from what I saw, uh, from what I heard, at least yeah, in, the, in the 19 19- years that I have been involved with the Bengals on game days. That was the wildest, craziest game that I've witnessed. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and um, so, uh, so congrats to the Bengals and who day. Um, I'm sure people are going to tweet at that at us about that rather than what we are here to talk about. But yeah, uh, I mean, I had a long weekend. That's right. I uh, understand uh, you had some time with some theme parks in central Florida so where did you go? Yeah, so uh, I spent some quality time in Florida, a uh, four-day weekend. Uh, went down there, visited my friend Todd. Hi, Todd. Um, and uh, got to visit both Universal and Disney. So I actually did touch all four Disney parks, including going to Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. We'll, we'll discuss all about that because it was a very interesting experience. Uh, and I also got to do all this, this stuff with Universal's Grinchmas. So I got to see their Grinchmas uh, play, which is in the soundstage mm-hmm. where they used to film Nickelodeon stuff. Uh, it's in the soundstage where the, well, most recently it's where the Blue Man Group was. But uh, it was kind of neat to be in there because it was kind of historic. And uh, so I saw that as well as their uh, holiday parade featuring Macy's, I think is what they call it. So, yeah, very busy weekend. I'm exhausted, but man, I'm hyped for Christmas now. <laughs> 
Well, let's start with the Disney parks because to me, if you're going to be in Central Florida during the holiday season and you don't go to the Disney parks, that you really do Christmas in Orlando. So let's start with that. So you got to experience uh, the Festival of Holidays at Epcot. I, Talk about that. Yeah. So the Festival of the Holidays was really cool. Um, essentially, what it boils down to is it's mainly in the World Showcase. You walk around Epcot and it has the celebrations of how each country celebrates Christmas. Uh, so there's there's too much to do to just do in one day. And we got about a total of one day down there. I've mentioned before, we're annual pass holders, so we do park hop quite a bit. But the thing that stuck out to me was there's a uh, the candlelight procession, which is on the stage across from the America Pavilion, had one of the most elaborate shows. I, I thought it was just a choral show, like a choir. But when I walked by at the beginning, it started off with like the big band kind of thing. And then uh, I watched a few minutes of it and came back and then they were doing the choir thing. It was all religious based, which is cool that they weren't kind of like afraid to get into Mm -hmm. that, which which, you know, I respect that. Uh, So that was really neat. Uh, But I did get to see Luminous, you know, aside from the Christmas stuff, Luminous is the new show, which debuted just a couple weeks ago at Epcot. Um, I will tell you with luminous i am the number one illuminations fan to me it's like illuminations is my favorite thing that's ever happened there's creation and there's the bengals going to the super bowl but illuminations is up there and anybody that's seen it probably agrees if you can let that go that this is taking the stage that illuminations was on then then luminous is actually a very very good show um, it, it, it's very fountain heavy, but, um, one thing that you'll learn is that because of that, they create this like Island in the middle where they do all the, the fountain stuff and the fireworks shoot off of it and all that, uh, that it, it makes it so it's more in the round, which I think is awesome, you know, cause you can really see this one better than harmonious, which actually had a front and a back. So that was always a problem with that. But, um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that. I actually bought the t-shirt. Not the one I'm wearing. I'm actually wearing a Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party t-shirt because mm-hmm. uh, you have to buy the exclusive merch if you're going to do this stuff. But I wanted to give a shout out to that because I thought that show was just really, really cool. And uh, I really enjoyed it. Well, let me follow up with this question for you. You're going to be in Orlando during the holidays. You have a chance to visit maybe, say, just one park. Would you say it's worth going to Epcot to see that over all else? That is a very good question uh, because I imagine if you ask any individual, you're going to get a different answer. To me, if I have one park I can visit down there, it is Epcot. And that's no matter what the season is. I just love Epcot. In fact, I posted on my personal Facebook something like, the joy that Epcot brings me is a gift from God. Not that Epcot's a gift from God, it is. But the joy. Oh, I remember seeing that post. Yeah, it just just something about that, and just every time I think of it, and you know, I've got. I spent one hundred and twenty five dollars on a spaceship Earth model. For those of you who are listening, uh, and it does light up. I don't know if I've shown this on the show before. I I guess you can't really see it, but it does light up. Just the the joy that just you know. Spaceship Earth, Figment, the World Showcase. A lot of people like it because they think of it as a big theme park bar. I'm not a huge drinker, so that doesn't really affect me. But I think it's just the neatest park with the most uh, intricacies. And it's just so much to explore. 
But if you ask my girlfriend, Erin, she would say that Magic Kingdom is the one to visit. Well, you know, I mean, for me, Ryan, and the reason I ask that question is because a lot of people do not have the annual pass. and They can't hop to all the parks. They might only have time for one, mm-hmm. maybe two parks. But I felt as I got older, I had a greater appreciation for Epcot and enjoyed it a lot more. Um, but I'm I'm with Aaron there. You know, Magic Kingdom is still my favorite of the Disney Park. So let's transition to the Magic Kingdom. They have an exclusive after hours event. I've experienced this event and I'm glad that you got to Mickey's very Merry Christmas party. Uh, talk about that. Uh, you know, what were your thoughts on it? Um, so I, I do have some thoughts on that. Uh, I, I'm going to preface this and say straight up that it, I did not have the experience that many had with like Jollywood nights where it's like, I spent all this money and it's not worth it. I'm very torn. Because it was very expensive. It was, I think, I it, it, she paid about $180 for our tickets. It was one of my Christmas gifts from her, uh, which is on the high end because we were close to Christmas. But with that being said, it does get up to $200. And it's very difficult to justify a $200 ticket to anything. But I will say that we did not leave feeling like we were ripped off. Every single bit of entertainment there was beyond expectations. I think that that it, it's not so much that it's too expensive. It's that it's not an every year thing. Cause I know the entertainment doesn't change very often. Uh, the shows are, are pretty much the same, except they added a frozen show, which we will discuss. But um, I think that what we're probably going to do since we are fans of this stuff is we'll probably do Christmas one year. And then next year we'll do uh not so scary Halloween party. And then maybe Christmas the following year. And so on, make a tradition like that. Um, but I, it, it was just incredible. They handed out free cookies, uh, at all these different stations, which was a lot of fun. They had yeah. hot chocolate, which a lot of people enjoyed. I didn't, I think it's way too thick. I also don't like ice cream. You guys can dog on me again for that. Um, but just everything there, the fireworks, the stage shows, the, just everything was just beyond my wildest dreams. Well, let's go a little bit deeper into the live entertainment that they had for the event, uh, talk about that. What were your favorite uh, pieces of entertainment that you saw? Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously that there's there's several different options for entertainment. So uh, the the basic one that's on that main stage in front of um, uh, in front of the Magic Kingdom is called Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. And uh, I liked that because it introduced a bunch of different characters that you typically don't see. Uh, like the Los Cambreros from uh, from the the ride at Epcot in the Mexico Pavilion, they make a a stay. But for the this is going to be something that only a handful of you guys find funny. But they use the same kind of doorbell sound effect that they did in one of the Beetlejuice songs for Beetlejuice the musical when people keep showing up and he's scaring them away, and it's really funny. So I kept on thinking about that. But um, they had a bunch of different characters come out. They kept on uh, showing up. Uh, they had dancers and and so on. And at the end, you know, Mickey and Minnie said, hey, guys, we got to go because we got this special surprise for you. So they ran off the stage and then they did one more number. And then finally, Mickey and Minnie came in riding on Santa's sleigh. But the show was really fun because I'm not sure if all the music was original. I don't want to claim that, but it did have songs that I didn't know. And one of which was a, like a kind of tongue-in-cheek song about everybody having their nose in their cell phone during Christmas. And they had these giant novelty cell phones they were dancing with that actually had light-up screens and stuff. So I I, I really liked that show. You know, that, that was my favorite as far as 
I mean, you can't beat the parade. You can't beat fireworks. But for the stage shows, that was my favorite. Well, let's talk about the parade. It's Mickey's Once Upon a Time Christmas Time Parade. It's known for its festive atmosphere. Was there any standout moments or floats that caught your attention as you were watching the parade? Yeah, I mean, everything everything stood out to me. It was just incredible. Uh, We watched from the beginning of the parade near Frontier Town. And there were several floats that were two and three stories tall that carried uh, several different characters. Uh, The parade began with uh, different dancers. Uh, So it had like a dance troupe at the beginning, which included Alice in Wonderland. And it was the same girl that was Alice on the stage for the show that I just talked about. And I know that because she was like shockingly short. She wasn't like a little person, but she was probably like four foot eight or so. <laughs> so it's like, you, okay. you can't not see that. Yeah. But uh, so I definitely recognize her. Um, but uh, yeah, there were several floats that were really tall. One of, one of the fan favorites was uh, one of the iconic set pieces. And you'll probably remember this from when you, when you went there, because I remember this from when I went to the park just during normal hours, like 15 years ago, but they've got those tin, those toy soldiers up in the front of the park. Mm-hmm. Well, they had a big troop of marching uh, toy soldiers, which was just so funny. And they made the most awkward clank as they, as they marched. Uh, it was just incredible. The song was just, was wonderful. And it's been stuck in my head ever since. Um, what else can I say? It, it was a parade and it was perfect in so many regards. Now you mentioned you watched from frontier town, uh, having seen a number of their parades over the years. That's always my favorite place to watch a magic kingdom parade. Uh, would you agree with that, or do you have another spot that you thought, well, you know, I would, I wish I had to watch it from there. So I'm not going to lie. I've seen in my adult life, I've seen two parades. I've seen the normal daily parade, and I've seen this, and both of which were generally from the same spot. Uh, we were kind of over closer to Big Thunder Mountain and kind of got stuck there, and we're like, hey, we'll watch the parade. This was a couple months ago. And then this time, we intentionally watched the parade there, mainly because $200 event, your time is valuable. So we wanted to see the parade as early as possible, as opposed to waiting 45 minutes for it to show up. Uh, One thing I would recommend, if the most important thing to you is seeing the parade, maybe see it closer to the castle or Main Street USA, because we didn't have like the fake snow or anything. And I saw photos and video of it snowing there. So if that's important to you, that might be something to consider. But yeah, the Frontier Town thing is cool because each group comes out and in typical Disney fashion. There's no backstage to this. They make the turn to get onto Frontier Town behind the gate, and they're already doing their choreography before they make the turn. So you don't see anything behind the curtain. And I think that's a purely Disney thing. I thought that was absolutely incredible. Yeah, I like Frontier Town because there's a couple of spots where I can get elevated a little bit and be looking you know, above everyone's heads instead of trying to fight my view through the crowd. Uh, Mickey's Once Upon uh, a Christmas Time Parade you know, it's a can't miss, correct? Oh yeah, and there's two of them, so you absolutely you get no excuse. Um, there's one at like eight thirty or so. Actually, I've got the entertainment here, so I want to do it. Um, this is all like for your information because by the time you listen to this, uh, the party is sold out, so you're not going this year more than likely unless you already have a ticket. But yeah, like we mentioned, a lot of this stuff doesn't change from year to year, so this is good information to have. So. Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas Time Parade was at 8.30 and 11. So I heard the life hack of watching the 11 o'clock one because it's much less busy. Uh, we did that, and I stand by it because it was it was smart because there were tons of people lined up, but it wasn't so busy that you had trouble finding a spot. 
Another famous part of the event is Minnie's wonderful Christmas time fireworks show. Talk about that. Uh, what what can I say? Um, you know, I it's one of those things where it's kind of like how how do you take the perfect fireworks show and make it a little bit better? And then Mickey Mouse says, "Hold my beer," you know, because he <laughs> it's just. Uh, it's just so good. Um, the projections uh, that were on the castle were were really amazing, and they did kind of like a um, like a wreath that they created, and it looked so good. It was so three D that you thought like, oh, did they just light that up? Um, and then one part that I really liked was when they had they were playing a music toward toward the end, and they had like the, I guess like the steeples of the castle. I I, I know there's a technical term, but I don't know what it is. But they would kind of pop up and down to it. You know, if, if you're watching the video version, I'll probably put in uh, a video. I took tons of video for this, but uh, that, if you miss that, you're playing crazy. Uh, a lot more stuff, they call it close procs in the industry, uh, that's like shot off the tower. So if you like fireworks shows that just aren't boom booms in the air, then that's good for you. They also have uh, two extra sites for this. There's one that's, uh, the, the main site is directly behind the castle, almost in Windermere. So it's like three quarters of a mile behind the castle, but they shoot such big fireworks that you don't know. But for this, they do a little bit more and they have sites on the left and the right. So it's a little bit more of a painted sky in a lot of instances. But yeah, you don't miss the fireworks show. That That's really the star of it all. Now the party, it carries a pretty hefty price of between $170 and $200 per person. Would you say it's worth it? Well, like I said, it's not an every year thing. You'd be crazy to spend 180 to $200 every year to do this. With that being said, did I feel ripped off? No, I did not. I felt like I got $180 worth of entertainment, um, but it diminishes over time. I've already seen the shows now. Um, but I would recommend if you're a true mouser, as they call themselves, uh, do the Christmas party one year, do Mickey's not so scary Halloween party the next year. I haven't been to that yet. So I'm kind of like selling you something that I'm not sure about, but all accounts I've heard is that it's as good or better than the Christmas party. But, uh, I, I thought for the price tag, I mean, clearly people were buying it. It's sold out. Like who am I to judge? You know, if it costs too much, they'd have a bunch of open nights. <laughs> all right. Now let's move on to animal kingdom. Mm -hmm. What is there to see and do during the holiday season that's going to make the experience different than if you went and say July? So with Animal Kingdom, it, it's not as much. Uh, there are decorations around the park. There's a giant Christmas tree in the front, but they don't have the big celebration that they do at the other parks. Uh, we stopped by Animal Kingdom and... It was just on our last day. Our goal was to maybe get a meal. There's a restaurant we really like there. We were going to get a meal there and then maybe ride Expedition Everest. We, we weren't going to be there long enough to justify Lightning Lane or anything like that. Star The <laughs> Flight of Passage had like a four-hour standby wait. It was up. Oh, this is the first day of the holiday season there because all the parks were pretty busy when we were there, but it just, it was insane. So we got a meal, we walked around, we did some shopping, had a great time, but didn't get to do a whole lot. Uh, the decorations were beautiful. And for some people, Animal Kingdom, my sister-in-law loves Animal Kingdom. It's her favorite park. But for me, it always feels like there's not really enough to do to justify more than three or four hours. 
Yeah, I feel the same way whenever I go to Animal Kingdom. I think after four hours, I'm ready to get back to one of the other parks yeah. uh, that day. But you mentioned restaurant that you wanted to do. What was it? So, oh God, you put me on the spot here. Um, I'm going to have to look at my resume. Oh, it was a Harambe Canteen, Harambe Cafe, one of the two. Um, and so like we got this like rice dish. Uh, I got chicken. She got uh, shrimp. It was pretty good. Um, there was another place that's closer to Dinoland USA. And I can't think of the name where they had the best like pulled barbecue salad. Imagine a salad with pulled pork or pulled chicken. I can't remember what it was. Barbecue sauce as like the dressing and then cornbread croutons. That was like my favorite thing ever. Uh, she didn't like it that much, which she got, so I couldn't sell her on that. But the Harambe one is another that one that's really good. Relatively healthy, too, for all things considered with theme park stuff. And then one other Disney park that you got to visit, Hollywood Studios. Talk about that. Well, Hollywood Studios uh, was pretty cool. They had a lot of old school uh, 1920s, 1930s-esque decorations around the place. It kept the theme. Uh, they also had a giant Christmas tree. They did a tree lighting, but I didn't know about it. I, I just saw it on YouTube like earlier today. So I wish I had known that. It wasn't that big of a deal, but you know, Hollywood Studios until recently was my favorite park simply because of Tower of Terror, which is the greatest ride of all time and I'll never be convinced otherwise. But they um they have their own Christmas event. They've got Jollywood Nights. And that one's a little bit more adult oriented. And it seems like the reviews are mixed on that. We talked about that in the pick six. Mm -hmm. uh, but when we, we when I was there on the Saturday, when we did Hollywood Studios and then we swung by Epcot for like, you know, to grab a hot tea, essentially, because it was just for a few minutes, uh, it started raining and it poured so hard. They actually canceled that event. We were very lucky to have very nice weather, a little cold for our Christmas party. But the night before, um, you know, the, 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 the one at Hollywood studios got canceled in monsoon. We actually had to cancel our plans, went back to my friend's house and played trivia on the Apple TV. You know? <laughs> well, sounds like you had, uh, just a, a great time at the Disney parks. Let's go back to universal a little bit and talk about that. Um, what was your favorite part of what they do during the holiday season? So, the parade that they have there is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Better than the Disney yes. parade. Uh, and what makes it what better? makes it better? Okay, uh, it, it's hard to say. Like, you had to throw the Disney parade thing at me. I've seen a lot of parades, and this was up there. Uh, well, I'll preface this by saying that because of the wind, uh, this was on Friday where it wasn't rainy, but it was windy. They actually pulled their stilt walkers as well as the Macy's Thanksgiving day parade balloons. So I didn't even see the full experience, but their parade started coming out. And let me tell you this, you know, we flew in, had to get up at like five in the morning. You know, the routine with doing this, I was not in a mental state to like be joyous. I wasn't grumpy or anything, but it's, it's hard to like get my heart pumping and stuff when I'm so tired. But the first couple floats went by and I was like, okay, you know, let's watch this thing, whatever. By the end, I was like, let's go to a different spot and watch it again. And I will tell you this. I don't know what environmentalists they're paying off. The amount of confetti that they use is absurd. I'm not a Greenpeace guy or something, but I was almost offended. Every once in a while, you just hear, 
and it would shoot another just ton of confetti. Out. So we were, they had a annual pass special viewing area kind of in front of Mel's diner. And then, so you, imagine you're standing in front of Mel's diner. You look to your right, there's a portal kind of uh, straight mm-hmm. ahead. And that's where the floats come out. So we actually did get to see the balloon floats. I think they intended to use them in the last minute they pulled them, but we would see them coming towards us and then they'd cut to their right. So they didn't actually do the parade route. So we got to see them, which was kind of cool. But um, so we didn't have confetti where we were. I guess this is two times when we watched the beginning of the parade and we get to, didn't get to have stuff falling on us. But we could see all the way down like uh, the Beverly Hill section where the Bourne Stuntacular is and all that. And it was just every few minutes, you know, the, the noise that pop confetti makes. And it's just an absurd amount of it. It's going everywhere. And they have the snow. Um, so... Their their floats were cool. They used a lot of their IP and stuff, but I will say that as far as the interactivity of the confetti and all that stuff, that was just, that was so special. When the parade ended, we kind of followed it uh, about halfway down, actually towards like the, the Bourne stunt show. And it the the parade had already ended and there was still confetti falling on us. Um, I actually took a picture. It might've been a video. I'll put it, I'll insert it here, but of, uh, their poor park services, people pushing those little like handheld street sweepers, trying to clean up all this stuff, but it was, it was just insane. But I, I really enjoyed that. Let me ask you this. Both of those parks have great holiday events. Mm-hmm. They rank high in the golden ticket awards every year yes. for the best Christmas event. Yes. And then you come out with the USA today, 10 best. And sometimes they don't even crack the top 10. What do you attribute that to? That they're really not that good. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think that there are a couple things that play into that. Number one, people that vote for that are going to vote for their local park because they go to the Christmas event a lot. Uh, these aren't local park parks. These these are ones you go to, oh, we're going to go there for Christmas this year. Uh, number two, they don't emphasize that because they don't need to. They, you know, Mickey's very, Correct. very Merry Christmas party uh, sells out every night. It was going to sell out. The universal stuff is packed shoulder to shoulder. They don't need USA Today telling them that they're a top 10, especially Disney knows that they're a top 10. Uh, and then anybody below that that's pushing that, needs that they they need to be able to advertise that to get people to go um i would say that if either one of them made a push for that they would win it by 10 miles or more well if anything they've got such a social media following that they could be like hey you ever been to grinchmas why don't you vote for us put it out there once and they would probably garner enough votes to win you know but that's my thought on that uh but i did want to bring up that uh they did have their big show for universal was in the old Nickelodeon soundstage where they used to film shows like Double Dare and I believe Legends of the Hidden Temple in the the 80s and 90s. So super nostalgic for me. Uh, and it was a retelling of the the Grinch Who Stole Christmas. I think they call it the Grinchmas Spectacular or something like that. We actually had to try twice to see that because the first time it sold out, even though it seats like a thousand. Um, so we came back, we ended up seeing it, no problem. And I will tell you that it was it was very cute. It it was good. It didn't have that specialness that Disney had, you know. It, it didn't have um something that would make you want to see it again. Like if I went back there during Christmas next year, I I really probably wouldn't 
want to see it again unless like my friends wanted to. It's not a don't miss kind of thing. Um, so they had, uh, you know, singers and dancers and they had the Grinch and they had a couple special effects as far as uh, um, the tree, like when he steals the ornaments off of it, it spins. So the backside doesn't have anything on it, but the front side does. So that's kind of neat. My favorite part was every time the Grinch came out, there was a set piece that rolled that rolled out from like right in front of us. And there was a dog with him for some reason. And I love dogs. Um, but uh, at the very end, when he got his Christmas spirit back, as Grinches have a tendency to do, uh, the dog, the, he came out on a Santa sleigh and the dog was dressed like a reindeer and the dog handler had to jump in, fr- in the little pit in front of the stage and was trying to feed the dog treats to get it to like sit there. But the dog wasn't having it. And eventually it knocked the little ear off the ears off and then kept on standing up on its, uh, on its four legs, which I think is a training exercise that it does to get the treats. But, um, did I enjoy it? Yeah, but uh, it's, you know, Disney has the show aspect of it down. I will definitely say that. All right. Now for the foodie fans out there in terms of the different things they did that are just kind of for the season, you know, the holiday treats and the meals on that, uh, would you recommend going to the Disney parks for that or universal? Well, both had some special treats. Uh, Disney had a little bit more. And then in addition to that, it's uh, Disney also, it's not a Christmas thing. It's an all the time thing. Like, oh, Harvest Fest, we've got food for that. You know, spring, we've got food related to that. I, I mean, it's every season. So if you're a foodie, Disney's the place for you no matter what. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it would seem like that. So summarize your uh, your two parks. And, uh, just, you know, your final thoughts on, on what you got to experience. Yeah. Um, so I, I had a wonderful time. I really did. Weather didn't hold out, but we, we got lucky for the Christmas party. Um, there are a lot of people out there that point out the fact that the Christmas party used to be $60, which would have been nice. Uh, but I think we got $180 worth of entertainment personally. Um, I didn't pay for the tickets. The girl did, but she didn't seem mad about it. Uh, and we were both elated with just how it went. Um, both parks down there. I mean, if especially if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not choosing between the two parks. You're going to go to both because you know what's up. Um, and, you know, both both places are just fantastic for Christmas. But if I had to choose one overall, I would say that Disney holds the magic a little bit better for Christmas. Because Disney is kind of like Coca-Cola with Christmas, yeah, don't well- you think? Like, it's kind of like, I think so. I think that Mickey Mouse is so, in some ways tantamount to uh, Santa Claus and that whole thing. They've done a really good job of positioning that. Yeah, I think so, too. And I don't want to rub it in, Ryan, but it was about $60 when I first experienced that event. I mean, I'm not saying that it's, it was, I'm not saying that necessarily you paid a cheaper price, but what I'm saying is that I live in a day and age where I can afford $180 for a four hour event. <laughs> but yeah, I, I had other friends that were telling me like, what do you mean? It's $200 it was 60 when I went, you know, but, uh, if, if it was 60, it, you know, it would what, be an every I mean, year you, thing for me, you bring up a good, yeah, you bring up a good point though. I mean, with the entertainment that is provided and what that event deliver just the caliber of it, you know, from the parade, the fireworks, you know, everything else about it. It's very easy to justify that ticket price. Well, yeah, it is. And thousands of people clearly did. I would say that if it was justified to the point where I'd say this is going to be an every year thing, it'd be somewhere between a hundred and $120. 
Um, up in the price where it is, I think it's a little crazy to do it every single year. But I'm not against doing it again. Like, I had a great time. I really, really did. And we're in that point to where not too many uh, more months away from being able to experience Epic Universe as part of the holiday season. Yeah, too. it's very... Uh, I wonder what they'll do there, you know, because I'm sure that they're building it with Christmas in mind. In fact, they might have their own separately ticketed event because Universal's is not. I got in there on my annual pass. Uh, so Grinchmas and all that stuff was all just there, you know. So I guess that is kind of a plus with Universal where, I mean, I have an annual pass for Disney, which was hundreds of dollars. And then I had to spend a hundred and something dollars, almost $200 on a ticket to the party, which that's one of the reasons why it's not an every year thing for me. but. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, that big universe is going to be cool. I bet they'll do something with Christmas there. Now, living in Kentucky, I would have to say that as often as you have gone to Disney parks this year, you know, you were there in the spring, the summer, the fall, just there this past weekend for the holiday event. I would say that you really got a lot of bang for your buck on that annual pass. Yeah, best some of the best money I spent. Uh you know, it's, I, I think I was trying to figure out how many days I spent at the park and, you know, being an annual pass holder to both, you do a lot of like, Hey, this is busy. I feel like riding Harry Potter. So I'm gonna hop over. So it's hard to like count individual days, but I think I've done like 17 or so. So I, I yeah, I've absolutely got my money's worth. Uh, the universal one, not so much yet because I've only visited three times on that pass and it's been really busy each time, but I'm not done with Universal, you know, and and I, I love Universal, so I'm excited to uh, to be visiting up through the end of next year, at least, until I renew it. Well, one of the things for me was always, you know, being able to make the time to, to justify having an annual pass to those parks, and, you know, it looks like I'm going to be joining you maybe in 2024 and, and being down there quite a bit. Yeah, we'll have to plan a trip, and then we'll do, like, li live... Uh, a live stream or something from there. So long as they don't ban it or something because universe <laughs> universal is doing this thing. Now we didn't put this in the pick six, but we should have, but they reached out to all their like UOAP groups. And they said like, don't, don't do the gift giveaway things. Don't leave stuff behind in the parks. I'm not sure exactly what prompted it, but they made it very clear that if you do that, you're done. So, uh, hopefully like live streaming and stuff like that ends up okay. But yeah, I had a great time. I would highly recommend the annual, pass, especially somebody that enjoys Disney like you do. You know, it, it would be a really good time. And uh, the beauty of Disney, especially, I will tell you this, as an annual pass holder, and I'm, I'm sure I've said this on the show before, uh, I enjoy Disney as an annual pass holder way more than I ever did as somebody who bought tickets. And the reason for that is I can go there, I can enjoy it, I can sh shop, I can walk around, I can enjoy the details, I can see you know the show in the Canada Pavilion or whatever, because none of that really matters, you know? I, I can always go tomorrow. Uh, and when you have an individual ticket, it's you got to ride Expedition Everest. We got to ride Tower of Terror and stuff. And, you know, even if, even though I have to take a flight to get there, uh, just, you know, I go enough that I can just go there and relax and it feels like a vacation rather than a chore. Well, that's the way you want it. Uh, one final question mm -hmm. for you about your, your time down there in the Orlando area. Did you get a chance to go to Disney Springs? You know, this visit, I did not go to Disney Springs. Uh, I know that they have some Christmas activities there, and I've seen some of the stuff. They do the snow and all that, and I know they have, like, I saw something on social media about, like, an annual pass tree, which is always a big tradition, but no, nah, I didn't make it out this time. We were down there for four days, and we were jammed packed when it wasn't uh, being a tropical storm. 
Yeah, that's become for me something that I have to make sure I make time for every time I'm down in Orlando is is hitting Disney Springs and having a meal at the Polite Pig. Every time I see that place, I think of you. Um, I really like going to like the the World of Disney store because I, I like Disney like home decor and stuff. Uh, I like collecting that stuff. And that's a really good place to have it all centralized. So that's my number one go to there. And then, yeah, the food is awesome, too. Yeah, my my problem with that store is when I walk through, there are so many things that I want. And then I think, well, how am I going to take this back on the plane? Uh, So the way that I got this back, as well as my lamp that is, uh, hold on, let me work. You can see the leg of it here, which is the Walt Disney Studios tower lamp. Um, I had it shipped. Mm -hmm. I had it shipped to the house. And, you know, if there's little stuff or whatever, when it, it might be insane, but this being 125 bucks and the lamp was a hundred bucks, it justifies like eight or $10 in shipping. And it comes fast too, you know, with the, with the lamp. I mean, I was gone for like about 10 days, but it was here when I got here. And then, uh, the, the, the spaceship earth model, um, I probably ordered it on like a Tuesday and it came on a Friday, but they don't gouge you on the shipping. It's like $10 or less. It depends on the price of your items, but consider that, uh, I took this, yeah, this'll, this'll tickle your fancy. You've seen this before, right? That the haunted mansion, you know, oh, yeah. I took this on the airplane and it flew flags. Like you wouldn't believe with TSA. So do not bring candles on air on airplanes because they end up searching all your stuff. Something about the wax sets off like a bomb detector or something. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So that's a good tip is to have everything shipped to your house. Well, Ryan, any final yeah, thoughts? Uh, like I said, definitely check it out. Uh, don't scoff at the price if you can afford it, of course, uh, because you definitely get that much entertainment. It's not an every year thing, but when you do go, it is a very magical experience. It's exciting. And uh, I'd love to hear anybody else who's been there, uh, what their thoughts are. So make sure you tweet us at attractions underscore GRP. And if you've been this year or any other year, uh, let us know what you think. Cool. All right. Well, stick around. We've got the pick six coming up. All right. For the pick six.